for listening to this audio podcast from Christian Life Church, Nassau, Bahamas with Dr. J. Sims. We hope that this message will be a blessing and encouragement to you. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I'm going to ask you to turn to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. I want to read a few selected verses from this very familiar chapter. I believe that many of us here today are familiar with the story of David and Goliath. And I want to begin reading at verse 1, and we will go back to the 16th chapter, we'll find some things there that will help us as I share with you today on the topic of power to face your giants. The power to face your giants. And your giants could represent any type of challenge that you are going through right now. As I stand before you today, I know that there are people in this room, not because you've talked to me, but I just know life. And I know that we are facing challenges. It's like when I was just in the States at our meeting and some people were meeting me for, for the first time. They said, oh, you're from the Bahamas. And they said, oh, you know, it's amazing to have to be down there, you know, working in the Bahamas. And I said, and then I, I always kind of go with them, Dr. Strawn, and I say, well, you know, someone has to suffer for Jesus down there in the beautiful Bahamas. And then I quickly remind them it doesn't matter where you live, whether it's the Bahamas, Hawaii, Orlando, New York, wherever you live is where you live. And I promise you, where you live, you face some challenge. You're dealing with some difficulty. So if someone has just happened to be visiting our island, you're watching this by television today, you know what? I know that you're facing something. In other words, every one of us has to deal with some problem or some issue. Now let me just read some selected verses from this 17th chapter of 1 Samuel. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shakath and which belongeth to Judah. That's interesting. The Philistines, the enemy of God's people, they're gathered together in a place that belongs to the people of Judah, God's people, and pitched between Shekar and Esekah in Epidamon. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Now, it doesn't matter how much the span is. We understand a cubit is about a foot and a half. That then means 
He was about nine feet tall, maybe nine feet six inches. And, uh, well, you know the story. He had a lot of other helmets. He had a lot of armor. But here is this giant. He, he steps out from the Philistine army, and he is going to challenge the people of Israel and the armies of Israel. And he's shouting insults at them. And he's just saying, you know, <clears throat> one of you come out and fight me, at least one of you. And you know, whoever wins the battle, then the other side will just have to submit and serve the others. Well, you know the story well that, 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 that this David had some brothers. And the brothers had gone out to the, to the hillside. They were on one side of the mountain. But no one was accepting the challenge that this Goliath had set out. Until Jesse said, I need you to go check on your brothers and take them some McDonald's or some French fries or Big Macs or something. I don't know what. Well, he, they, he said, take them some cheese and crackers. Take them some food. And, and so David goes out there. He gets to the hillside. And he is hearing this loud shouts. And we, we, we know that uh, Saul had actually made a little promise to the one who would go out and fight. But at this time, no one was taking the challenge. And, and so David came out there. He spoke to the men. He heard something. Let me just pick up in verse 26. And David spake to the man that stood by him, saying... Let me see if I heard this right. What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now, just in case you didn't know earlier, Saul said, you know what? I'm going to really take care of you whoever will go ahead and take this reproach from Israel, I'm going to give you my daughter, plus you'll never have to pay taxes again. You don't, money will never be a problem for you. And yet with that offer, <clears throat> no one would accept the challenge. But here comes David out on the field of battle, and, uh, uh, you know, it, it's amazing. You know, some people need incentives. A and David, he heard the offer, but he said, run that by me one more time. What shall the man get? And when they told him that, uh, that David said, I'll take the challenge. And so you know the story how <clears throat> David said to Saul, listen, I'll go and take care of this giant. And, uh, you know, you're too small. And, and uh, you know, he, you might get hurt out here. And then Eliab, who was the right-hand man to King Saul, who just happens to be David's oldest brother. He comes to David and says, David, I can't believe you, you little runt. You should be home taking care of those few sheep, you know, for daddy. And what you're out here just trying to show off. Uh, now, let me just tell you something. You have to be careful. When you know who you are in God, you have to be careful 
that you do not allow anyone to take your 11 by 17 vision and put it into their little 3 by 5 frame. Because you see, especially when you get a vision from God about what God wants to do in your life and through your life, let me tell you, you know, there'll be no stopping you when you really have a vision from God. And, And so David goes out. And let me just read verse uh, 32. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of this Philistine. Your servant will go out and fight with him. Now, I'm going to come back to the story. But I must ask you this question. What are the giants that you are facing today. I, I know you're facing some giants, and, and I don't even know maybe if you, you can't even uh, articulate it right now, but I, I want to tell you, I know you're facing some giants. Someone here may be facing the giant of unemployment. That's a giant for someone right now. It could just be debt. It could be disease. It could be a bad report you got from the doctor. That's a giant you're facing. Come on, it could be abandonment. It could be abuse. Some tragedy that that has hit your life and hit your home. It could be some weakness. It could be rejection. I'm asking you today, what are the giants that you are facing? What are the challenges that seem so overwhelming to you right now? It could be a broken relationship, maybe a strained relationship. It could be some addiction. It could be a habit. It could be a temptation. What is the giant you're facing? It could be the giant of fear. It could be past failures. It could be discouragement. It could be anger. This Goliath, this giant, he was shouting at the the armies of Israel. He was defying the armies of Israel. Do you hear your giants? Shouting right now at you? Maybe maybe they're saying, you're not qualified for the job. Listen to your giants. You're not good enough. You'll never get out of debt. You can't pay your bills. You're losing your marriage. You can't save your marriage. You're losing your kids. You hear the giants? You, You cannot refuse pornography. You can't stop that forbidden relationship that you have been involved in. You can't shake your past failures. Do you hear the giants? They're shouting right now at somebody. They're they're taunting you, telling you that it's always going to be this way. Nothing is ever going to change. I have come here today to tell you there is a power that is available in Christ and in God and through His Word and through the Holy Spirit that you can face your giant and you can overcome any of life's challenges no matter what they seem to be right now. I think it's time to stand up now and face your giants by the same tactics that God had given to David. David taught us how to face our own giants. Now I want to ask you today, I won't be long, but I want to ask somebody today, are you ready? Are you ready to face your giants? Are you ready to discover how to face the giant challenges 
that we are facing today. Are you ready to know the weapons that God has prepared for us and claim the victory? Are you ready to join the battlefield called life and be confident that God's presence will be with you? He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Are you ready once and for all to cut off the enemy's head and overcome totally all the deception of the devil in your lives? Are you ready? Here's the first thing you need to do. The first thing. Just look at verse 37, if you will, with me. And David said, moreover, the Lord delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, and he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. Now, last week we had a great message here by Sister Kate, and she talked about, <laughs> once again, Jesus said, I'm the vine. You are the branches, and my father is the husbandman, and without me you can do nothing. And if you're the branch, and if you really want to have life, then you got to stay connected to the vine, because it's in the vine that exudes life. I want to just tell you today, your connection is important. Because you see, you, you can have the fanciest of electronic Gadgets in your home. The other day, I, I like to make smoothies out of fruit. And so I cut up this fruit. I put it in the blender. I put the skim milk. Uh, you'll be pr very proud of me, Jennifer. I put the fat-free skim milk in the blender. And then I, I push the button. And not a thing happened. I pushed another button. Nothing happened. Well, it was quite simple. Even David figured that out. That is David French here. Uh, I, the, the, the blender was unplugged. You see, it is so important. If you are going to have power in your life, you got to stay plugged in. I said you got to stay plugged in. And the Lord who delivered me. Now, I, there's just something very powerful about this victory that we're going to see David win, is about to win here. Number one, David knew how to replay past victories. Now, see, some of you just need to go back and remember what the Lord has already done for you. Come on, you know, you know what he has brought you from. You know what he has brought you out of. Come on, I said, you know what you was before you got connected to Christ. And he not only pre-played or replayed past victories, he, he pre-played future successes because he said that I'm about to take this giant down. And, and, and they said, he's too big. And David says, you're right, he's too big to miss. And so David said, I'll take him. And, and, and you know the story. Saul wanted to put his arm on little David, you know. And he got this shield and started to weigh him down. And I mean, he couldn't even move to get out. And, and, and David says, 
No, this has not been proven by me. This is not my cup of tea. Take this stuff. All I need is my sling. All I, I just need to use what I've already proved in my past because one day I was out there taking care of the sheep and you know this lion came in there and you know what, I, I took care of the lion and a bear came one day, I took care of the bear and he's reminding Saul and he is replaying the past victories and if God was with me then, come on, he will be with me now. And I, 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 I am so inspired by David because he comes out there. Here are all these big guys. And David asked a very important question. He said, is there not a cause? I, I mean, here is this giant. He's taunting the armies of Israel, the people of God. And, and David pulls up and he said, is there not a cause? Now, I tell you, I, I wish I could... Tell you a little bit about the Hebrew word there. In fact, I will tell you that the Hebrew word there is about is there not really a covenant promise? In other words, has God already not promised us the victory? And you have to understand that when he said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? What he is saying is that he does not have a covenant promise like I have. Oh, I want to tell you, you know, little is much when God is in it. You, you know the story that uh, when um, uh, God anointed Saul and, and then he forfeited that anointing as king and then, and then God spoke to Samuel, I want you to go to Jesse's house and he goes down to Jesse's house and all the big guys out there. And Samuel looks at that guy Eliab, you know, and he said, well, he must be the one. And God said, I have not chosen that. And another one, I have not chosen him either. And another one, I have not chosen him. And he went through these six guys and he said, excuse me, Jesse, I know I didn't miss God. I know your name is Jesse, right? I know God told me to come to your house and you have a son and he's going to let me know which one. And of course, you know what the Bible says right there, that man looketh on the outside. But God looketh on the heart. That's why, you see, God knew it was David because David was a man after God's own heart. He knew he was a man he could trust and he could allow his anointing to come on him. And so is there not, oh yeah, we got one more. He's out there. He's just a ruddy lad, but he's taking care of the sheep. Bring him in. Soon as he got into the presence of Samuel, Samuel knew it. God said, this is him. Once again, I want to tell you, you know, I, I don't care who you are. I don't care your height. I don't care your dimensions. If you are a child of the king, you have a covenant promise, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This same David will testify a little later in his life. He said, I was young, but now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. He knew God as Jehovah. Oh, I said he knew God as Jehovah. He knew that he was the Lord who sees and the Lord who provides. And I'm here to tell somebody today that God will make a way for you. 
He will make a way somehow. When you don't know how you are going to make it, I want to tell you, my father, his eyes are on the sparrow, but yet his eyes are upon you. And he said, I'll be with you. Come on, when you go through the waters and through the fire, it's not going to overwhelm you. You're not going to be burned. Not even the smell of smoke is coming on you because I am with you. So, David did not say that he delivered his flocks from the lion and bear. He said, the Lord who delivered me. So you've got to acknowledge it is God. The Lord is with you. And when you look, God's people in the Bible, they've been empowered by God through the outpouring and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Yet uh, Saul, you know, he was empowered. If you look back in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1, and then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him, saying, Has not the Lord anointed you leader over his inheritance? But then verse 6, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. My God, I just want to tell somebody here today, when God's presence really comes on you, when his anointing comes on you, you will be changed into a different person. But later, this anointing power of God to Saul had been forfeited due to deliberate commission of sin against God. Then 1 Samuel 1, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? I have rejected him as king over Israel. 1 Samuel 16, 14, Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit was sent and tormented him. Now, we come to the empowerment of David. 1 Samuel 16, 13, So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers, and from that day on the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. 1 Samuel 18, verse 14, in everything he did, he had great success. Why? Because the Lord was with him. I just want to pause and say today, if you love the Lord and you have submitted your life to him, the Lord is with you. Now listen, we have all, you're empowered. Acts 1, 8 said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Listen to what Paul said in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4. He said, and my speech and preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. Verse 5 says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, let me just say to you today, it is so important that you choose the right weapons. The Bible tells us in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10, the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the what? To the pulling down of strongholds and casting down imaginations, reasonings that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God and brings into 
captivity, every thought into the obedience of Christ. Now, I want you to see something. I want you to see how many of you know that David went down and got five stones? You remember that, right? He went down, he got five smooth stones. Well, let me, let me show you some of the stones. Uh, first of all, he got the stone of the past. Look at 1 Samuel 17 and verse 37. And here's what it says. And David said, moreover, again, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistines. And Saul said, go, the Lord is with you. Now, 1 Chronicles 16, 12 says, remember the wonders he has done? Remember his miracles and all the judgments he pronounced? In other words, sometimes we need to remember. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgiveth what? All thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy, and who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. We, you know, we have to be careful that we don't get spiritual amnesia. That is, that we forget where the Lord brought us and what He has done for us. How many of you know? How many of you could testify right now by an uplifted hand that God has brought you from a mighty long way? My Lord, look at the hands. Look at the hands. You know that God has done something marvelous for you. I was talking to somebody. This weekend, David, he knows me, B.C., before Christ. We, we were boys that ran around in Camp Road together and Fowler Street. Now, I, I, know, I know some of you all look at me and you think, well, uh, Pastor hasn't been through anything. Well, don't, you could tell him some, but don't tell him everything. <laughs> don't tell him everything. No, uh, but I, I can tell you, I know had it not been for the Lord, I would not be here. Had it not been for the Lord, you know, on Fowler Street, I was knocked down from the top of the hill by the Church of God. I was knocked all the way down to the Nassau Stadium before I got up and started running back up the hill. I should have been dead. On Fowler Street again. Well, I, I don't know if I should tell all of this, but my mother's not here. But, um, you know, I've had some experiences. Let, let me just say that. I've had some experiences that I should have been dead. But, Brother Roll, the Lord preserved my life from destruction. I thank God he redeemed my life. I, I, I was in an automobile accident on Interstate 75 between Chattanooga and Cleveland, Tennessee. The little common gear car was knocked and rolled over six or seven times. And the state trooper looked at the car and said, I don't know how those young people got out of that car alive. But my pastor on campus said, but I know how. I want to tell you, I couldn't die then because I had to be here today. I said I had to be here in 2010 so I couldn't die. I had to bless those children today. I had to bless those babies today. I couldn't die. We was over in Florida on a trip and, and we was coming over a little bridge. And when we got on the bridge, we saw headlights heading right for us. Now, I don't know how it happened. I only can maybe surmise what happened, 
But after we passed the bridge, we looked, the car was on the other side of the bridge. I just believe the angels of the Lord came, either took our car or their car, but got us past each other. I'm just saying, I know where the Lord has brought me from. And you know what? You know the Lord has done a lot for you. And today, out of a heart of gratitude, somebody ought to be saying, thank you, Jesus. Someone ought to say, thank you, God, for your helping me and keeping me and preserving me. So David said, you got to give me something I've proved. You see, David, had, David not only had proved him there taking care of the sheep, but you know David would prove him. You know, there was an occasion in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, and, and this just brings me to the second stone, not only your memory to remember what God's done, but we need the stone of prayer. Because, you see, David, in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in his spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. I just want to pause and say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 57, verse 1, have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me, for in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, thou will keep us in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Let me just say this. David didn't act like the giant wasn't there. Let me just say that sometimes you have to acknowledge that you have a problem. You know, you got to just sometimes face your giants head on. David faced the Goliath. He faced the giant. And I just want to give you a little prescription here. If you are going to overcome life's challenges, first of all, you have to accept the fact that Problems are inevitable. You know, uh, I, I like that story, you know, you, I've, I've told it here about Norman Vincent Peale meeting the man on the street one day. His name was Bill, and he said, Bill, how are you? And he said, why did I ask that question? For Bill would take the next 20 minutes and tell me in details all the problems that he had. And, and I said, Bill, you got some problems. And he said, yes, Dr. Peel. And if you'll help me get rid of all of these problems, uh, I will make a $1,000 donation to your church. And Dr. Peel says, well, I have never turned a deaf ear to an offer like that. But he said to Bill, he said, Bill, I understand you want to get rid of some of your problems. But Bill, you don't want to get rid of all of your problems. He said, the latter is correct. I want to get rid of all of my problems. He says, well, Bill, I can tell you I know one place by actual count. There are over 35,000 people that do not have one single problem. He said, that's it. Lead me to that place. He said, well, Bill, it's the, it is the Woodlawn Cemetery in the Bronx, New York. In other words, Bill, to have absolutely no problems 
It means you must be dead. But you know what? We ought to turn that around. If you've got a problem today, you ought to say, thank you, God. You really trust me. You trust me enough to let me deal with this challenge and this problem. But the first thing you do if you're going to overcome a life challenge, you accept that you're going to have some problems in this life. And the second thing you do is you activate your prayer life. You, start, you see, that's why I love Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but tell God about everything. And then give Him thanks for what He has already done for you. And then it says, And the peace of God that passeth all understanding will keep your heart and your mind as you rest in Christ Jesus. How powerful. He said, He said, I like the Philip translation. It says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. And then give him thanks for what he has already done. Okay? And then he said, when you do that, here's what you can expect. And the peace. Doc, you know when we see, this is an English scholar. I mean, the, the, the word and, if I'm not, you, you correct me, I think it's a conjunction and it connects things. And so, if verse 7 begins with and, then what follows in verse 7 is connected to what happened in verse 6. So, verse 6 says, don't worry, but pray, tell God, and then here it comes, give God thanks for all he's done, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding will keep your heart and your mind I feel so good the English teacher said, yes, that's correct. That's right, that's right. You ought to be thanking God for it right now yourself because, you see, you don't have to go around worrying and fretting. How am I going to handle this? How am I going to make it? You cast all of your cares upon him because he cares for you. I, I, I wish I could tell you we weren't going to have no more problems, but I, I, I wouldn't be true to the Scripture or true to God. I'm just telling you that God, the God we serve is bigger than any problem you have. The God we serve is more powerful than any situation you're going to go through. And the God we serve is bigger than any mountain that you can or you cannot see. And if you will make a decision today, I'm trusting in the Lord with all my heart. I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. In all my ways, I will acknowledge Him and He shall direct my path. He'll make my path straight. Cast all your kids. See, some of you right now, you came in here like the whole world was on your shoulders. I, I know at least 10 of you, you felt so burdened down and it's been heavy. But God is saying, I, I want to I help you today. I, I want you to take all of that that's been weighing you down and just roll it over on me. He says, cast all of your cares upon him because why? He careth for you. So, Accept the fact that you're going to have problems. Accept the fact. Activate your prayer life. And thirdly, do like David, actualize your solution. You see, David saw the fact that, hey, the Lord was with me dealing with a bear and a lion. Well, I see God. He is with me now. When I release this stone out of this sling, this giant is going to come down. You know, Goliath said, 
You little runt, I'm about to kill you and feed you to the birds. David says, when this stone hits you, you're coming down, I'm going to take your own sword and I'm going to cut your head off. That dude was bad. And sure enough, just like David saw it, actualized it in his mind, he came out against Goliath. Goliath said, this little run, I don't need this thing here. He flipped back the thing that was covering his forehead. And then here goes little David. I, I just love the cartoons of this. Man, I, I like to, you know, to watch this and the animation, you know, and, and see how, you know, uh, Goliath was so arrogant, you know, and this little thing. And then I just love it when that stone releases and it just finds the only vulnerable place on Goliath of Gath. Goliath came down. Now, I know there are different things. You know, theologians, guys are a lot smarter than me, said the reason he had five stones is that Goliath had four brothers. You got to accept the fact you're going to have problems. You activate your prayer life. Instead of worrying, you start praying. You actualize your solution. You start walking toward your solution until God manifests the promise because some of you are in transition going from one place to the other and God is about to show up and I just believe when I said this lady walked into favor, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was just crooked. That's me. And some of you are getting ready to walk out of some terrible issues and terrible past and you're about to step into the greatest day of your life and divine favor and the blessing of God is about to come on you like you have never experienced it before and you're about to rejoice and you, oh my God and I, I, I could see I, I, I could see not everybody's receiving this I tell you you gotta have faith to receive the word and for that word then to become a reality in your life but David faced Goliath Goliath came down God gave him the victory not only did he have that stone of prayer, but he had a stone of passion. He was very passionate. And I'm just giving you the, the, the headlines now. He had the stone of persistence. He just decided, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to let anything talk me out of this. Come on, what did you say the guy will get again who, who, who kills a giant? He had a great motivation and incentive. I've got his daughter. I've got my bills paid. I've got a lot of money. But he had more than that. God said, I've chosen you. Come on, you've not chosen me. I've chosen you and I've ordained you. You're going to be the king of Israel. You're going to be my mighty warrior. Well, I tell you, I, I love the story of David. But the final thing I want to say to you is you need to keep your eyes on focus. Come on, don't let anything distract you. Don't look to the left. Don't be discouraged by distractors. There are a lot of people who will say, oh, you're never going to make it. You're not going to accomplish that. You know, the people talk you out of your dream, talk you out of your vision. They'll say, you'll never make it. But when Eliab, David's older brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came only to watch the battle. No, that's what you all been doing. I come here to take over. And 
1 Samuel 13, 30, and he turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the man answered him as before. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy, and he has been fighting. He's a fighting man, and he's been fighting from his youth. 1736, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he was if he has defied the armies of the living God. I want to just tell you, after all of that, then I want to just tell you that <clears throat> your best days are ahead of you and it's time to seize your opportunity. Just let me read a couple more verses and we'll have the benediction. Uh, look at verse 48. And it came to pass when the Philistines arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand into his body, took out thence a stone, and slang it. You see that? He slang it. That's just a little slang. Just a little. And, and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk in his forehead, and uh, he fell upon the face of the earth. And David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran, stood upon the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of his sheath thereof, and he slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. I, I just want to encourage somebody, you, you just need to get a few victories under your belt, so to speak, in the spiritual realm. Some of you just need to get up, rise up and say, I am more than a conqueror. I, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. I don't care what it looks like. I'm not going under. I'm going over. I know if God before me, then who can be against me? Come on, some of you just need to get the word in your heart and in your mouth. I was listening to a guy, uh, I, I'm not a big country fan, but this country singer was on and he was singing a song on TBN this week, Give Me Some Word. Well, that's a good message. Give me some word because you see, James said, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. It is able to touch your mind, your will, your emotions, wherever you've been hurt in, God's word will bring healing into that area. Oh, come on, I just say, give me some word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. I said, someone just, you know, give me some word, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Oh, someone just give me some word. Oh, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Give me some word. Oh, yes, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Oh, give me some word. Being born again, not of corruptible things, but by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Thank God for the word. Yes, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of God abideth forever. Thank God. Take a hold of God's word. I'll tell you, the word of God will take you over to the other side. Thank you for listening to this audio podcast from Christian Life Church with Dr. Jay Sims. We hope that this message has been a blessing to you.